Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Nerd Night. I am your host, Cole, joined as always by my co-host, Jada. Hello, hello. And today, once again, we reached our little grubby hands into (laughs) our box of topics, and we got a treat for this one. We are talking about the cultural phenomena, the amazing, (laughs) the in people's hearts, I don't know, (laughs) fruit basket. Is it fruit basket or fruit baskets? It's fruits, plural fruits, and one basket. So fruits basket. Oh, okay. I'm preface i'm gonna mess up fruits basket a lot i'm gonna move that s around but it's fine you understand yeah yeah, yeah. and as a fun little addition to this episode i have zero previous knowledge of fruit basket and jada has a lot of knowledge of fruit basket So I am going to be giving my commentary on the first episode, my general overview, and then Jada is going to deep dive all of us into the Fruit Basket story. It's going to be fun. Okay, well, everyone saddle up and let's get started on another adventure of Nerd Night. And real quick, everybody, before we get into the episode, I wanted to let you guys know that Nerd Night now has a Discord server. So if you are interested in joining the community and entering the Nerd Night podcast Discord server, the link is going to be in the description of this podcast and all the podcasts moving forward. Again, that Discord server is open. The link will not be expiring. So at any point, if you would like to join, go ahead and click it and join the Discord. Happy listening. So, Fruits Basket. First thing, how did I find such an anime called Fruits Basket? It's a very good question that no one asked, but I will answer um so remembering back to our first episode when we talked about our first and in anime obviously the beautiful princess tutu was my first anime but very shortly after that um i got into fruits basket and this was actually the first anime that i showed my little sister anisa um which got her into it and this was something that we watched together um so Fruits Basket came out in 2001. Uh, I watched this when I was uh, around 12, 13. So about the right age to watch this little rom-con of an anime. Um, and the first season didn't have that many episodes. I believe it was like one of those strong, like 24 episode anime that only had one season and you know it gave you everything you needed and you were good with your life. So um, that wasn't enough for me. So after I watched the first season, I went back and I read the manga. So that's where all my knowledge and all of my wisdom about this anime comes from. And does the manga and the anime, are they pretty closely resembling each other? 
Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, the manga is going to give you more than the anime. It's usually what happens. So uh, it, it goes more into detail with stuff. But yeah, pretty much it did a good job um, translating from manga to anime. So yeah, basically the same thing. Um, so before we get any more into it, just a brief synopsis of the anime. So Fruits Basket is all about our main girl, Toru Honda, um, who ends up moving in with a classmate of her. And um, she basically gets tied into a family curse that this classmate has. So this that's the basis of it. We got Toru, we got her classmate, and we got her classmate's family that has a curse. And she moves into the house and she like literally gets smack dab right in the middle of it. And it's so, just the story of her living alongside these people who have right. this weird curse. Yes, basically. So that's the story we follow. And, you know, it's a it's a romance uh, comedy anime. So, you know, she does have some love interests. Um, there's some drama. There's so much drama. So many tears that I've shed watching this anime. <laughs> like ugly crying like nose drooling tears at like 3 a.m just being like oh my god so that's how much i'm attached to this anime um so with that being said um cole actually watched the first i hadn't watched the first episode of it just so he can get a basis obviously he came in completely blind and i said cole watch it and he did it and he and he has some uh questions got a concerns list. and comments <laughs> so um just to like get into it and kind of help him along with you guys understand the anime i'm gonna let him just shoot with some questions and we're gonna go mm -hmm. from there so cole in your experience <laughs> in the first episode uh -huh. you know what are we thinking <laughs> so both couple of prefaces about my commentary so some are just questions some are comments some are statements all of that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as well i want to preface that like like sol slice of life is not my genre no and fruit basket being like a rom-com a slice of life kind of anime mm -hmm. it's not one i would have ever picked for myself yeah that being said i made a very conscious and hard effort to not come off as mean or <laughs> anything like that towards fruit baskets that fruits basket there you go or the community as a whole there so if something comes off as mean, it is solely for uh, my own little coconut head to understand <laughs> or to be funny. <laughs> Either so. way, we appreciate that. And, you know, this is an open space. There's no judgment here. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so so these go. are in chronological order as I'm watching the episode. So if you are someone who you remember the first episode of it well, or here's a fun game for you guys. Watch the first episode kind of as you're listening to this so you can see where the questions popped up into my head at. 
Oh, wait, really quick. Did you watch the newest one or did you watch the 2001? I watched the one available on Crunchyroll, which I believe is the newer one. Okay, so the reanimated I, one. Right. So as I um as we go through this, I will be talking about the 2001 release. Um the 2019, which is the one that Cole watched, is exactly the same. Like literally it has maybe more detail than they gave us in the fir- very first season, but is literally exactly the same. So you can watch either or if you like that new like anime styled look or the the new um design that they have you can still watch the newest one and still get everything. But that's where like my memory is going. So for old fans, you know where I'm at. And for new fans, you'll still know where I'm at. So Yeah. And I find that the newer one was easier to find right away. Yeah, definitely. So top of the episode, I'm sitting here. I turn on fruit baskets. Mm -hmm. I want it noted that as well. This is going to sound so sad. It took me two days to watch this episode. It's okay. (laughs) I watched half of it and then was like, I want to do something I want to do. And then did something else. And then the next day I was like, by the next day, I mean yesterday. I was like, "Mm, day before filming, we should probably (laughs) finish this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to spout them off and we're going to talk about them. Yep. <clears throat> Question one. Who is the lady in the opening and why is this cat crying? Is this the whole Zodiac story and is like the cat being left out again? Because if so, that is so sad. That's okay. the whole first one. <laughs> okay, perfect. I love how we're starting. So I guess with that question, I'll go right into the family curse before I introduce some characters. So the family curse, uh, the family that Toru ends up moving into, uh, they are the Somas. Uh, they're not very well known, but the classmate that she has is well known. Um, so, but they are a big family nonetheless. So the curse is like Cole saw, um, is that they, everyone in the family is cursed to be a animal of the Chinese zodiac. And if you don't know that, it's it kind of goes the same way as your regular zodiac signs like Pisces, Gemini, all that stuff. Um, and it's come it comes by the year that you were born. And that is the animal that represents you in that year. And of course you can go more into it and it shows like your personality and all that stuff. Um, fun fact, I'm actually the year of the snake and Cole over here is the year of the tiger. 1998 oh one that was me (laughs) (laughs) so um that's basically the curse so the saying that it sounds like oh they're just you know they're just fine just being animals um that's not the case so each member of the family if they are hugged by or embraced by someone of the opposite sex they turn into that animal that represents their family you ever just get a boner and turn into a snake right like (laughs) it's so awkward and also like it has to be opposite sex of course it can't be like with any embrace or any like physical touch it's solely if it's a like a woman and you are a man yeah, but here's the kicker. If you are 
a soma, if you were in the family and you hug someone in your family, you won't transform. It's only someone who is out of the curse that if you hug the opposite sex, yeah, that um, you transform. So it's really, really awkward. And we're going to get more to that because um, it does become very difficult for some members of the family. Um, And as for the person that you saw at the beginning, um, technically it was Toru's mom. We'll get to her because she's beautiful and I love her so much. But the cat that you saw crying was actually um, one of the characters that I'm going to get into. And yeah, just like the story goes in the Chinese Zodiac, the cat does get left out and they do use that. Um, And it's really sad, but you know, we're going to get to that later. Okay. Okay. So my next question, it was just an observation and it was just, oh no, she lives in a tent. (laughs) So yeah. So when we first uh, are introduced to Toru, she is definitely, Toru is such a soft bean. We must protect at all costs. Like literally she is just the brightest, most sunshine character I have ever seen. And let me anime. tell you, that tent does not protect her well. Nope. So she's in this tent because um, sadly Toru's mother has passed away. So she ended up living with her grandfather and her aunt in this house um but the house that they were in was way too small for everyone so they decided to get um remodeled and just make it bigger so that everyone can be comfortable so during that time the family kind of split up so that they can wait for the renovations to end and Toru not wanting to burden anyone she does have two friends that would have been totally fine with her rooming but she didn't want to burden anyone so she went off um, on a, in a tent by herself, this high school girl, and decided to live in a tent. She has a job. She goes to school, all that stuff. She was going to be independent by herself. What she didn't know is that that tent was on uh, Soma grounds, which is where her classmate lives. And, you know, they found her in that tent and they're like, bro, why don't you just live with us? It's okay. Mm-hmm. So that's how she ends up living with her classmate because they literally they literally caught her like just about to go and like wash her face in this little tent. <laughs> it I'm was like, cute. Oh, poor baby. Like, and she didn't tell anyone. She didn't tell her friends. No one knows that she lives in a tent. She wanted to be by herself and do her own thing and not put anything on anyone else. Well, her, you hear it referenced from her friends they say like oh are you still are you enjoying living with your grandfather because they were still under the impression that she was still living there they had no idea that she couldn't be there anymore Mm -hmm. because of the renovations right yeah so that was that was something on her part you know Toru has moments where she she doesn't want to burden people and it's an it's an insecurity in herself that she doesn't tell people how she's really feeling she kind of just keeps this facade that everything's okay which ends up hurting her a couple of times um but this is like the first instance that you kind of see like oh man she's gonna keep some stuff from people um people who actually care about her and want to help so yeah my next uh, observation is one that you already covered, but it was just me saying, well, she did. And that was in reference to when the camera showed a picture of her mother. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I'll you go just knew. Little- you just I, knew right just away happens, like know? ma'am you're living alone in a tent you have a picture of your mom it's like okay clearly you're homeless right now and your mother is dead like it was so clear right from and i appreciate that i want that known mm-hmm. i don't mm-hmm. like the whole it takes you two seasons to figure out that the reason this person is the way they are is because they had like a tragic death in their family fruit basket it is laying it right there for you first episode. It's like, here's this family. Here's the curse. Here's the animals they turn into. Okay, now the girl. Here's what's happened. Her d- dad, dead. Mom, <laughs> dead. Grandpa, <laughs> gone. Aunt, gone. Friends, lesbian. Other friend, oh. emo. Her, sad girl. <laughs> Boom. I know everything about this anime from first episode, and I appreciate that. Yeah, it's... It's, um, it got you good, you know, it gets you it. And that's what got me into it because I knew everything first episode and I'm like, all right, let's go. But I'll go more into detail with her mom. Her mom's name is Kyoko. Um, and she was, you know, a delinquent teen at Toru's age. She had Toru pretty young and her father did pass away when Toru was young too. So she ended up being just a single mom. Um, but she was such a badass mom. Like she encouraged Toru to think for herself and have her own voice. Um, her two friends that Toru did make, um, one of them was also a delinquent too, but her mom was just there for her and she welcomed these two girls in. Um, she was just such a powerhouse of a woman. And I literally loved her so much. And, and most scenes that you've seen from her are just flashbacks that Toru has just memories, but she was just an awesome person. Um, And just to have Toru lose her at such a time. And the sad part about it was Toru kind of feels, um, she kind of regrets that her, the last day that she saw her mom, you know, every single day she, she said, you know, I love you, mom be safe, all that stuff. The last day she saw her, she actually uh, was so tired from studying and overworking her, overworking herself, which is what her mom always told her not to do. And she ended up sleeping longer. And so, so she couldn't see her mom go. And then she gets the news during school that her mom sadly passed in a car accident. And mm-hmm. it was just such a sad scene that Toru literally holds that, that her mom, she saw, like, imagine that someone you see every single day and then soon they're gone. And the thing that you used to do for them every single day, now you can't. And it's just another reason why this anime is just so freaking sad. Like, oh my God. But I, I will Kyoko. say, I paused it at the point where you were getting kind of the mom's like death scene Mm -hmm. and it's just the scene where you see a pile of blood like in the road running down the curb Mm -hmm. and I was just like dang and you know what that's all they needed to give us I was like yep 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 yep. Got it. And, understand. And now you feel it. And, and you only grow to love her more as you see the little memories that Toru has, because you just see, especially not just from Toru, but from her friends as well, who've known her and loved her just as much. And just being like, dang, I can't believe such like an awesome, powerful person is gone. So yeah, so that's, um, that's basically what's going on with her and RIP Kyoko. We love you. Yes. 
So the next is just an observation of the animation. I was just like, this is a very pretty landscape and cityscape. Because there's the scene of her like walking to that cliff and you see the city mm-hmm. and then all the trees around her. And I was like, you know what? Beautifully, ad- I can't speak for the 2001 animation. I'm sure it was not as good. But this <laughs> one. great. <laughs> exquisite. Yes, it was very pretty. The next thing is, uh, <laughs> okay, um, that gray hair guy has a really long neck. <laughs> I don't, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't remember anyone's names. I'm, we've said this on the podcast before, terrible with names. Don't remember. Don't know. And I'm an ignorant American who doesn't understand other languages very well. It's okay. So when you were talking about um, gray hair, he had gray hair with bangs, right? Like- he was the like this tiny little twink with oh. gray hair who turns into the rat king. Right, 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 right. Okay, so introduction to another character and um, our, our main guy, one of our love interests for Toru. So that is Yuki Soma. So obviously he is the classmate that Toru starts to live with and Yuki is the pretty boy he's popular in his class because he is the most cutest guy in school he's so popular in fact that he has a fan club literal other classmates have a fan club dedicated to this boy because of how pretty he is and I gotta say that man is mucho pretty very much I I've always had a crush on Yuki he's just the sweetest thing in the world. So as Cole said, yes, uh, Yuki does transform into the rat. And whenever he is hugged by another girl, that's usually what happens. And because of that, he's had a a reputation to not touch anyone at school. It doesn't matter uh, if you are a guy or girl, he just, he keeps his distance. And it's really hard to have a whole fan club dedicated to you because all these girls want to do is just confess their love and just hug you. And he literally, in an instance, caught a girl by her face before she could touch him. And he's like, um, sorry, no. And I'm like, you sweet bean, I'm so sorry. And he struggles with that a lot. He keeps to himself because, um, in the story, in the Chinese Zodiac story, it was actually the rat that ro- that rode on the back of the bull in order to get like first place into the party. So, you know, he is actually the most loved in the family, but he always wanted a life outside of the family. And it was so difficult for him because he couldn't touch anyone. He couldn't play with other kids without them bumping into him. And boom, he's a rat. And he's always had a problem with that. And it's like that for a bunch of members too, when they want to have a life outside of the family. So yeah, that's Yuki. He's quiet. He's um, very intelligent. He is great at martial arts. um, And he ends up being one of Toru's love interests. He ends up falling for her. And he is in possession of a long ass neck. Um, I'm no comment about his neck. I... I noticed it right away. I'm like, what kind of ladder does this man have inserted into his cranium? He's just a tall, lengthy, scrawny boy. Like a bean sprout. Yep. That's how I like him. (laughs) 
the next thing I said is we love the emo kids coming to rescue against those bitches from the Yuki fan club. So like I mentioned before, Saki um, or Hana is what she goes by. And then she has another friend, um, Uo or Ariza. Uh, those are Toru's two friends. So Ariza was in a gang when she was younger. Um, they both knew her mom and Kyoko was also in a gang when she was younger. So knowing that, you know, Uo was about to go through this, she did not want that. And there was actually a scene where Uo is getting like it handed to her. Like she's getting ganged up by all these girls and Kyoko best mom comes in and literally saves her and beats up all these girls along with Uo. And that's basically like their relationship. That's how Kyoko protected these two girls um and Hana or Saki she's just the emo girl of the group she knows how to like kind of reach or feel people's energies and she was kind of the outcast so Toru took her in and she was just like let's go best friend so these three girls have been best friends since like childhood and they're always together and they were options for Toru um when her grandfather had to move out because of the house renovation he's like hey why don't you go spend with some of her friends um but Toru was like well Uo lives in like a one-bedroom apartment and Saki or Hana has a full house of people so that kind of went into her mindset of I don't want to burden people but you know they they love Toru they're always there for her they always want to help her they protect her against these fangirls especially because these fangirls found out that Toru basically lives with Yuki so they're like what the hell and they started like bullying her but not when she got her two friends there and you know what Toru and I are very like in the sense that we have made (laughs) friends with people that are bigger and badder than us so that we don't have to fight our own battles. That is survival of the fittest. So Me flexing right now. <laughs> Honestly, yes. Because if I I could get like literally snapped like a twig, but Cole over there could knock someone out. I'll throw I'd hands. <laughs> right? So for all you little people out there, you make friends with bigger people. <laughs> That's how you survive this world. Okay, my next thing is they, so all that just happened, her friends came and saved her. Now they're in what I'm assuming is a cooking class? Yep. And I just, I saw them making this food and I was like, I wish I cooked cool food like that in school. Teach me useful skills, school. (laughs) Hello, they're like, making rice and like has like this fancy like soup broth I'm like they don't even teach that stuff anymore I know and Toro's such a good cook one of the things that she does at the house is she takes care of all of the meals she cooks and cleans everything because she doesn't want to live there just for free so she is a really good cook and she takes care of that um and it's really cute just seeing her in the kitchen she is a queen I believe the heterosexual men would say she is wifey material. Honestly, yeah, but you don't got to be in a kitchen to be a waifu. Okay, my next comment is when 
Arisa was talking about her motorcycle and it like really like piqued my interest. I was like, her motorcycle? I was like, lesbian, found it, found the lesbian. She has a motorcycle and she was in a gang called the ladies. Lesbians. Yeah, um, she does have strong lesbian energy. I do not remember it being confirmed or anything, but yeah, she she definitely up there. My next comment is one that is going to upset Jada dearly. Yep. I said, this Yuki guy isn't even hot, but they're really trying to make us think that he's hot. That cousin, though, hot. So his cousin Shigure. Shig- um, Whoa, what? Shigure. 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 Okay, that's a hard one. Sugar A. Sugar A. Yeah. Okay, 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 I got it. So he's older. Um, he is mm. basically he, uh, Yuki's um, guardian. Uh, he came out from the family home with Yuki to make sure he went to school and, you know, would take care of him, all that stuff. Even though Yuki can take care of himself, he was just there for him. Um, so Shigeru can transform into the dog of the Chinese Zodiac. And he is, he is a cutie. Honestly, I'm not even mad, but I am mad that you disrespected Yuki, but I'm not that mad because Shigeru is scrumptious. He could be my guardian any day. Yeah, he, um, he's a, a writer and he's just a big flirt. But he's also, I love how they did his character too, because on the outside, he's just like this fun, loving, kind of like dad figure character who is a writer and a flirt and all that stuff. But he got some secrets. He he is like in the family tree of the Somas, he's pretty up there and he knows about a lot of different things. And he kind of hides that in the foreground and you won't really see it until you get more into the anime how like strategic and kind of manipulative this guy is like literally he he's almost the eyes and ears of the family um but he kind of keeps it on the low uh but he is he's a really like strong character honestly and i i really loved his development in it too he's hot um, and I stand by the first part of my statement. And this is maybe hearkening back to the fact that Yuki is presented as a high school student. And I don't find people who are in high school and presumably underage to be attractive. Mm-hmm. However, we got Miss Sugar Guy over here. And <laughs> he an adult. He's of legal age. He was wearing a robe when we first saw him. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. He nice. Love him. Uh, My next comment just says RIP mom. (laughs) RIP mom. Yeah. RIP mom. Because at this point we have um, confirmed info. uh, The mom dead. Mom dead. And then. Oh. So this one is going to definitely be something to talk about. Mm-hmm. I can't tell if I'm liking this main character girl because of her tenacity and it's mm-hmm. like cute or if it's giving me annoying Sakura vibes. Oh, good question. So it's kind of, she kind of borderlines 
both. It you know, feels she, like it's both. Yeah, because like, there are moments that she is really like, she's giving great advice and really helping the other characters through it, understanding them, empathizing with them, um, definitely getting into the minds of people and just being like an overall really just wise girl for her age. But then there are other moments where you see her kind of being ditzy and clumsy and it's like your standard, just like weak heroine that you're just like, okay, we get it. You can dramatically fall on him and then make him turn into a rat. Next, please. So it, it's kind of it's kind of boast, really. I can agree with that because I think very much so. Like, I see it. I understand it. I respect it. Mm-hmm. But I'm already like by the end of the first episode, I was like she's gonna keep being like this and like saying these things and it's gonna kind of grind on me a little I mean if you're not someone who is like okay with seeing um a that kind of heroine someone just just so soft and so feminine then it it has moments of her being kind of annoying because you're just like oh my gosh can this girl stop crying but also if you kind of see how she helps the family and helps, you know, how they are and how they operate, it's almost like, okay, like you are a solid person. We just got to get over the fact that you were 100% made by a male. Yeah. And like, I respect her. I have no ill will towards her or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I think for me, and it is completely personal just from me, I don't have the ability to be emotionally invested in her to the point where I can just love her no matter what, if that makes sense. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, from the start, we knew that this anime wasn't for you. So obviously having, getting more and more into it to see how she grew from that it's it's hard for someone who automatically just doesn't watch this type of anime so it's definitely okay yeah and I'm I'm a hard shell to crack when it comes to like emotional attachment and so I knew I'm like I'm not gonna get super emotionally attached to this character like yes it's sad her mom died and all of that and I feel Mm -hmm. for her but I just like I I'm not one of those people who like that emotional attachment especially to not real people that's not a common thing for me to have so I was just like yeah she's fine she's a little annoying because for me I'm not thinking with that bond first I'm thinking with my head first and just being like this is gonna weigh on my mind yeah honestly but but okay she's a little bit of both she's a little annoying but it's overall cute yes um the next thing is when they were walking in the woods and they saw her walking home to her tent they were having a conversation and I said I don't like them talking about how hot they are and how they need a woman in the house I don't Um, like this for two reasons one mm -hmm. gray-haired guy isn't hot so I don't know why he's a part of the conversation Secondly, uh, learn how to do shit yourself, you lazy ass men. That is not her job. Feminism 2021, 2022. Sorry, I forgot what year it is. 
period. Panic at the end of, I'm sorry, it's not the right year. <laughs> I, it's still, okay. it is still January of 2022. It is okay to mix up the year. Okay. Um, I- <laughs> it was like, um, I got a lot to unpack with that statement. Yeah. So first, they're guys. And second, they're guys. And this anime no was excuse. made in 2001. Nope, so. nope, nope, no excuse. Feminism existed in 2001. And I, okay, I want to note it right now. I'm stirring the pot. I understand it's older and it's also a different culture and all of that. And, you know, I'm sure that the movie has lots of redeeming qualities for women and all of that. And it's not just like a sexist masterpiece. Uh, But I do stand by, I don't like them walking around being like, oh, two hot guys like us. (laughs) I'm like, ew, gross. Now both of you are ugly. Yeah, that was that was a moment. Do you that remember this scene? Yeah, because you know they were they just got back from having dinner and they're just like you know we need to stop eating out and you know one of them's like well you need to learn how to cook and then they're like well that's a woman's thing we should probably yeah. get a girl in the house and I'm just like mm, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip that. I literally it's not about that, but mm. I like paused it. I was like um. Mm. You it know, seems a pause moment. It's just like, mm, come on, guys. We can yeah, I was like, we're not doing that. Thank mm, you. <laughs> and then we go back again because, you know, that was strike one. If this whole anime had to do about that. But see, the, it, the whole thing isn't about that. It was literally just them. And it could just be how they were raged because Kyoko was literally a badass and taught her daughter or at least tried to teach her daughter to be the same thing there was no way she was gonna allow any man to teach her that and Mm -hmm. she became a housewife because she found a man deserving of that but before that she did it for herself and that was it no one could tell her otherwise i mean toru took more of that role of being more feminine which is fine the problem is you have to choose it for yourself allow yourself Mm. to choose if you want to be more feminine or if you want to be a badass woman i think in both cases you can still be badass but do not let a man choose for you and that is the whole thing don't do it okay that was my little thing for today well and one last little side point to that um society decides what's masculine and feminine so do whatever the heck you want honestly please like there is no masculine there is no feminine just do your thing and have a good time and that's it but that was me I was purposefully being nitpicky and all of that because I wanted to have things to talk about so you know I I overanalyzed and pulled out that specific thing but I know that's not what the show is really about. Yeah, that's that's cool for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, but okay. <laughs> oh, there, that's cool, you know, poking at the tiger, playing yeah. with fire, because he can. So my next thing is just 
why do they keep talking over each other? It happened like three times in this episode. I'm sitting here reading the subtitles and then I thought I had an app open in the background that started playing something because then all of a sudden there was just this other voice saying something completely different. And I was just like, what the heck? And I looked and there were subtitles up at the top. I cannot detach both my eyeballs to look at the top (laughs) and bottom while they are both talking. And I don't know Japanese. So I don't understand how that is productive for storytelling purposes to have two separate things going at the same time. And I'm just like, uh, and then I end up not reading either of them because I panicked. So why didn't you watch it in dub? Because (laughs) I'm not going to say anything. (laughs) But it was defaultly in sub, so I just kept it in sub. And I thought that that would be the more authentic way to experience it for the first time. I watched this anime in dub. Oh, well, shit, Jada. <laughs> you could have told me that. Um, also, the voice actors in the first go-around of the season came back for the new edition of the season. and. It was so like heartwarming to hear all the same voice actors play all the same characters and like get back into that. Um, I will let y'all know, I have no intention of watching the reboot and for Drag the sole, uh, for the sole reason, them. the Kill sole them. reason. I like, I like my brain and I don't want to be depressed. Pisces energy (laughs) that is the only and like listen I I became so attached to this anime I love this anime so much and I know what happens I know what's going I after the first season I read everything in the manga I know what's gonna happen if I were to see it with all the same voice actors and all these same beautiful characters I would be bedridden for a month I don't know what we're talking about and we're not going to say it because it's obviously going to be a big spoiler, but uh, sure. I just, I can't for my own health and mental, I can't do it. So that's it. Thank you. But anyways, yeah, there was a couple scenes where they like one of them would be talking and then halfway through the sentence, someone else would say something while the other one kept talking and it just really confused me. I don't know if a lot of the anime is like that or if that's just like the first episode or something, but I was like, why are we doing this? I honestly don't remember. I mean- It just wasn't conduce, conduce, wow. Mm. I, guys, (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. my simulation's glitching. It wasn't conducive to storytelling purposes. I can agree with that. Okay, my next thing is actually a quote that I thought was really freaking cute, which is the main girl like kind of passes out or whatever, and Mm -hmm. she ends up staying in their house. And so she's Mm -hmm. laying on the floor with her little covers And the guy is tending to her and he's like, is it painful? And she just looks at him and says, no, 
I know something more painful and that was it and then she like told the story about her mom and all of that but just like that quote I was like damn see it's things like that where you're just like she is not your average ditzy character I'm not like other girls oh my god (laughs) (laughs) she knows pain she knows losing something Nagato what she knows pain oh my god (laughs) oh my god you you know Nagato oh my god can I have Conan's number can we get through an episode without (laughs) referencing Naruto no no I refuse one episode I also already referred to her as Sakura so that's my second Naruto reference like literally when we do a Naruto episode, it's gonna take like four parts. Absolutely. And it's gonna be all just cool. And I'm gonna be like, I liked Neji. Yeah, you're gonna be like Hinata, best girl. And I'm gonna be like, yes, here's why she's but da 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 da. And then you're gonna be like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Double tap. Um, so yeah, Toru, Toru's seen some stuff. She's gone through some stuff uh for being so young and it's moments like that where you're just like dang this girl really hides it she really does it's really sad yeah it was a cute moment and I was like oh that was a good quote I I like that good for her mm-hmm. not good for her but you know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. my next point just says rat king question mark because uh, yeah. at this point we don't know that Yuki turns into a rat Mm-hmm. but he, there was like a hint of it and I was just like he, he he's he's the rat king um so another kind of power that each member has is that they can uh control animals of their zodiac so they either can relate to oh. them or they or that animal kind of just naturally flocks to them he but had like Yuki's a group case, of rats. Right. So in Yuki's case, he can control and summon other rats because he is basically, think of them like the god of that animal. They can control and understand and talk to that animal. So yeah, in that scene, um, basically they were trying to get all of Toru's stuff from the tent from the tent to the house. And, you know, Sugar is just like, you need some help. And Yuki's like, mm, I'm good. And he summons all these rats to go and help him. So yeah, in that moment, we didn't know that he can turn into a rat, but we were just like, man, this guy could talk to rats. Imagine as well, you know, you're, you're sitting at the dinner table with your family. Mm-hmm. King of dragons, the <laughs> king of the ox, the snake tamer, all of these beautiful things. And you're like, I got rats. (laughs) I can talk to rats. It feels a little bit like a joke. And it's made even weirder by the fact that he is still, I guess, like being depicted in this really like interesting way of still being like sexy and powerful. When I feel like the obvious route which is not bad that they didn't go with the obvious, but the obvious route would be like, he's the rat king. So let's make him like a little like gross or like creepy or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I guess they didn't want to be so traditional. But they wanted everyone to be hot. I mean, everyone is hot in this anime. Minus him. And the other one who looks like a woman. 
I'm going to say ouchie to both and let's continue. Okay. The next thing I said was just, I'm sorry. Why the fuck did this ginger fall from the ceiling? Oh, finally we're here. Um, Cause we're just enjoying our time. They're yep. showing her around the house. And then yep. all of a sudden, and then he's like, I'm here to fight you rat boy. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay. Pause. <sighs> What's yeah. going on here? So uh, the ginger, uh, he's, I mean, he's, he is a ginger. So kitty. that was Kyo. So Kyo is another, he is part of the Somas. He is Yuki's cousin. Um, and if you, if you're pretty prominent in the anime community, you might've seen him. He's just this tall dude with orange hair that has a bad attitude. Um, so girls love him. I love him, but as like, not like I love Yuki. Like Yuki's my guy. But he's Kyo, like bad he's boy. He's like, he's your perfect misunderstood bad boy. And he is also the second love interest of Toru. So she's in a love triangle between Yuki and Kyo. So Kyo, his animal is the cat. And again, referring back to the story, um, which was in God invited all these animals to a party and the rat ended up tricking the cat saying that the party was the next day when the party was actually that night and so the cat was sleeping you know getting like hoping and and praying for the party for the next day while the rat was ending up uh being able to be the first one at the party um so that's why the cat isn't in the chinese zodiac and again, they use that story to create uh, this character and this kind of just uh, bond between Yuki and Kyo. Um, they're always butting heads. They're always fighting because like the story goes, Yuki pretty much betrayed Kyo, but it wasn't like the, their actual person. It was like an ancestor because the curse gets traveled down between the family. So you, they're always just fighting with each other. Um, so when Kyo, we first see him, he does come um, literally from the sky, barging into the home, breaking a hole in the roof, um, ready to fight Yuki. Cause that is his one thing. Like I mentioned before, Yuki is an amazing martial artist and so is Kyo, but Kyo cannot beat Yuki. Yuki has always just one up him the best. So every chance he gets, Kyo is trying to fight Yuki to one, show him that he's better, but two, he thinks he'll be able to find a place in the family if he's able to beat their favorite. So it's it's always been that just like, Kyo is so misunderstood. He's angry because his family who was supposed to love him turned away from him and favored Yuki over him. And he ended up like going into the woods and training and just being by himself and being a literal outcast from his own family. Well, and I feel like it's the, like the nature of the story, like mm -hmm. what this anime is supposed to be, if you like remove like the love and all of that from it is mm -hmm. it is basically the same story of the zodiac signs put into a modern day realm mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that where the rat had betrayed the cat, now when we're in this modern time with the reincarnation of these beings, the mm-hmm. rat and the cat don't get along because of what happened in the past. Right. Yeah. Like they can't go from that. And it's really funny. You see in the anime how both of them, both Yuki and Kyo, just envy each other and they don't even know. Like, Kyo loves how people are just naturally attracted to Yuki and just want to be around him. But Yuki doesn't know how to make friends or communicate with people. So, all those people that's around him, he doesn't talk, he doesn't do anything, and he can't relate to them. So, flip that around. Yuki loves how Kyo is just himself. He, he can be mad or angry or, you know, just be fussy all the time. And people still um, understand that. But Yuki can't be that way. It's almost like Yuki was raised to be this perfect child because of the family that he's in. But he, was, he could not show any of his emotions or any of his true self to his family so in a way he did feel like the outcast as well and it's why he wanted to leave the family because he wanted to show them that they that he can be his own person without them that he can show and and kind of branch out as this social butterfly without being in his family while Kyo is just out there just being himself and so they both contradict each other but they also both mesh very well with each other it's just getting over the fact that they can't communicate with each other right um and it's this is where Toru comes in because Toru throughout the anime has moments of just being with both of them and just understanding who they are and just being like oh my gosh you guys are probably y'all's best friend but you can't you can't get past that little friction between you guys and it's also why they ended up both of them ends up falling for her because she gets them she gets them so much she is kind of like both of them because she has problems like Yuki expressing herself to people but in a way like Yo she over expresses herself to people and she never knows that balance but here are these two guys who she becomes really good friends with and they just end up just meshing really well, just the three of them. And I love their relationship too. Despite the romance, they are really good friends, all of them. They love each other, honestly. So um, I love Kyo. He, he, got a, he got a soft spot in my heart. He's just a misunderstood bean. I think like the relationship between the two of them is also kind of a reference or a depiction of privilege yes like Mm -hmm. we have yuki who is someone who comes from a lot of privilege and is loved and all of these things so he almost has a level of guilt where he's like well i can't be sad about anything because my life hasn't been as hard as these people around me which is a valid feeling Mm -hmm. and then on the flip side he envies the other guy because he was shunned and all of that so he is seen as someone who has every right to have the emotions that he has Mm -hmm. and express them as he sees fit and so they are like dichotomy in that way 
I personally am on Team Catboy. Yeah. Team Catboy for the win. I don't know who... My chair almost broke. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who wins in the end, but I'm in Team Catboy. We'll get to that. Okay. Uh, My final two points happen basically simultaneously right at the end of the episode, which is Mm -hmm. where she falls into Catboy and makes him a cat and then falls again into rat and dog man and turns them into a rat and a dog yep and i basically go and just as i thought he was a rat nice Mm -hmm. and then i say dog guy is still a cute dog he cute doggo honestly he really cute doggo that is the end of my commentary so if i'm going to give my like final stamp of what my opinion and overall feeling about fruits basket is i see the appeal so far at least with just one Mm -hmm. episode under my belt and i do not guarantee that i will ever have two episodes under my belt it's okay i think it's a cute show and once it got reanimated the animation is really pretty they did a good job on it and Mm -hmm. You definitely get attached to the main girl very quickly and you get her story in an organic but fast way, which I appreciate. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't see the obsession with some of the male characters. Again, maybe that's a personal thing or something, but the only one that's cute is Dogman. Uh, he also is the only one who isn't shown as being in high school so far. So I, I feel like it's okay to be attracted to him as opposed to the other. Yep, I get that. Uh, would I watch it again? In a way, yes. I wouldn't on my own time rank it above my other hobbies and priorities and things I want to watch, do, or play. Mm-hmm. But if I was hanging out with people and they were like, do you want to watch Fruit Basket? I want to fight it. And I would say, sure, we can put it on and I'll sit and I'll like watch it and zone kind of in and out. Because I do think it's nice to have shows like that where you don't hate them. Like you'll be entertained if they're on, but mm-hmm. you don't love it to the point of like you want to be so invested. Like I like shows where like I can kind of like get on my phone for a little bit and then tune back in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, nothing against the anime as a whole slice of life just isn't the category for me. Um, I'm just not a huge fan of it, but that is all personal. Overall, if I'm ranking it on the Cole scale mm-hmm. from, let's say, 1 to 10, I, with just the first episode, guys, I'll give it a 6. Okay. Like, I think it's, like, it didn't have enough wrong with it where I think it should be below a five if five is an average. But Mm -hmm. I feel like I enjoyed enough parts of it where it's, like, not just a middle. So I think a six is okay. All right. I respect that. Yep. Six out of ten. Final, final answer locked in of Cole ranking fruit basket. I respect that. How about this? I will tell you one of my favorite little stories because within this anime, you know, we get to see literally all the Zodiac 
animals we get to see and meet everyone in the family and each one of them have their own stories and struggles between the family and the real world and how they kind of go about it so how about we go for a quick break and then I will let you guys know about one of my favorite stories and characters in the anime and then kind of give you a little bit of the ending and this movie that's coming out because I definitely want to talk about that Welcome back, everybody. So now that we have basically gotten a good intro into Fruit Baskets, I have asked my steamy hot questions about the first episode. Mm -hmm. We're going to give a spoiler warning for the latter part of Fruit Baskets. You could still, from this point on, watch Fruit Basket and enjoy it and still be very surprised by different outcomes and all of that. Mm -hmm. Whereas, as we talk now, you might get some spoilers. So you've been warned, and now we're just going to let Jada grab her Fruits Basket and run with it. Yeah, um, that actually reminds me. So Fruit Basket, more like Fruit Bucket. He was waiting for that, honestly. I did it twice, so it has to make it it. into the episode somehow. So, um, Fruits Basket is a very curious name, and they actually talk about the name in the anime, and I wanted to share this because I thought it was really cool. So, it was in a moment where Toru kind of realizes her place within the household with Yukikyo and Shigure, and how she kind of just fits in perfectly with them and there is a moment actually where the renovations of the house um, that her grandpa has is done and she is able to move back in but she chooses to stay with the somas because of this moment so we give a little flashback of toru when she was young and she was in school in elementary school and she's playing with these kids and there was a game that they used to play and it's called fruits basket and before they played the game, they would each kid would pick a fruit. Um, and then there would be one kid who would basically just yell out a different fruit. And it was like playing tag. So you would yell out that fruit, that fruit would come out and try to tag you. And then the fruit, if they couldn't get you, they would try to get someone else in and they would just be calling out names while Toru was playing, and this is really sad, and I feel this so hard, while Toru was playing, she always wanted to play with them, and they're like, Toru, you're going to be a rice ball, (laughs) and Toru was like, oh my god, I love rice balls, yes, and so she would sit in the class while all these kids are playing and chasing each other, waiting for someone to yell rice balls that she can play, and there's this beautiful moment where she, like, is narrating her flashback, and she's saying, of course, like how dumb of me to think that they would call me a rice ball does not belong in a fruits basket. And it was such like, a oh, you hear how much, how she thinks her place is in the world, which is just to be a rice ball, not to be included in anything. But now <laughs> being with the Somas, it's like they've accepted her in everything. And there's a little moment where you know, obviously this didn't happen when she was younger, but they had a scene appear where someone does call rice ball and she goes and she goes to play. And that is her scene coming back into the Soma house and just 
understanding her place and knowing that this is the family that she wants to be with. And that's basically what, how the show is. Like it is Toru finding her place, but also her helping the other members of the family find their place as well and not feel so left out and alone. So I've always, I've always loved that scene. That just like, that hit me so hard because sometimes you feel like a rice ball. Do you ever feel like a rice ball (laughs) drifting through the wind, wanting to call again? And the, you know, the good old rice ball analogy. We've all heard it, haven't we? (laughs) I mean, no, it's okay to have those days to feel like a rice ball, you know? In a, in the world of fruits, um, in a world full of fruits, be a rice ball. Be a rice ball. <laughs> oh no! Don't be a rice ball. It's okay. You could be a fruit. I would be a mango. I'm gay, so I'm already. <laughs> you need to leave, please. Someone escort this man out. <laughs> Oh, what fruit are you? I'm gay. I'm gay. I'm all the fruits. <laughs> I'm a fruit salad. Oh my god. Uh, anyway, so that's that's the name. Uh, so like I said before the break, I wanted to share with you guys one of my favorite side stories from these characters um, that comes from the Soma household. So um, I don't know, Cole, you might find him attractive. Can you look up um, Hattori for me? Hattori Soma? I absolutely can, especially if he's going to be hot. He's, he's the doctor of the family. Um... Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not. So here's my, okay, here's my review on Hattori Soma. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Hair, no. Oh, okay. Fat, no for the hair. Okay. Uh, Everything else, okay. Uh, Body type, a little real skinny. (laughs) Real skinny. Real, real skinny. I -hmm. would break him in half. Other than Mm -hmm. that, though, this unbuttoned white blouse and the glasses Mm -hmm. uh i could do with a fuller eyebrow uh he needs a better esthetician i'll give him my business card oh um but overall he's like a seven out of ten okay thank you for that just wanted to see pick your brain see how that feels um so yeah so hattori is the family doctor um he takes care of all the somas but he also has this neat trick um, before I explain that, his animal is a um, Dragon. seahorse. Um, <laughs> it says he's the dragon. We'll get to that later. Um, okay. He's a seahorse. So it's a funny story, but we're going to get to that. So he's a family, <laughs> he's a family doctor. Um. So he also has this power. He is able to erase minds or erase memories. And he is very valuable in the family because when someone outside the family, you know, obviously transforms a family member into their animal, they now know the secret and they have to, 
their mind has to be erased from that because not everyone knows the secret and not everyone should know the secret. So that is his power. Keeping that in mind, um, one time long ago in the family, he had an assistant, her name is Kana. Um, and she was not part of the Soma family. She was normal. So he ends up, you know, kind of being cold and distant to her. He's, he's his own guy. He does his own thing. He doesn't really care. But she kind of, in Toru's sense, um, is just this bubbly, just bright character who just wants to help and do their best. Um, and so I bring up Seahorse because um, uh, when Kana first finds out about the curse, she accidentally falls into him and she tur he turns into a seahorse and she like panics. And it's this really cute moment where he's just laying there as a seahorse and she's like, oh my God, I need water. What kind of water? Salt water or fresh water? I don't know what to do. And she's like literally panicking and she is so scared. Um, he ends up, you know, transforming back and explaining everything. But from that moment, they end up falling for each other because she wasn't scared. She was just really worried and she didn't want him to get hurt. Um, so he ends up opening up to her and they spend a lot of time together. Um, one of the things that she asked him when they first met, when they, not when they first met, but when they first started working together, um, it was winter and it was snowing. And she said, I have a riddle for you. Um, what happens when what when snow melts what does it become and him in his cynical way was like uh the answer is water and she's like no it's spring and i'm like that's stupid but also really cute so i dig you they ended up falling for each other and they go to the head of the family um who is akito and akito is ooh man he's basically god he is the head of the family he is sickly but powerful and Hattori watches over him I'm actually going to use the pronouns they them because in the anime uh Hattori is male in the manga Hattori is female so pronouns they them that's what mm -hmm. we're using so um Hattori cares for Akito and helps them in any way that they can I mean like Hattori is just He's his number two. He's Hattori's number two. So Hattori goes to Akito with Kana and they both ask for uh, their permission to marry. Uh, this would pretty, I, I, I don't remember correctly, but this might've been one of the first like non-member of the Soma family to marry into the Soma family. Um, and Akito basically loses it. Um, Hattori ends up getting hurt by this outburst. Like he ends up getting his eye um, damaged because Akito throws a vase and one of the shards hits Hattori. And Kana feels so terrible about this. Like she regrets everything that they ever did because the last thing she wanted is for him to get hurt because of her and it it wasn't right for Akito to do that obviously they are mentally unstable but also very wise and powerful it's weird but she feels terrible about it and she goes into a depression 
because of it. And Hattori is trying to help her through it and get her to be back to who she was, but she can't. And one night, Kana can't take it anymore. And she asks Hattori to erase her mind of all the time they spent together, of all the love she had for him. Oof. And he goes to Akito about it. And Akito's like, well, obviously, if you want to make her feel better, that's the best thing to do. And Hattori, with just a blank face, no emotion, just erases her memory and it's such a strong scene because they both sit there on the floor on their knees in front of each other and his hand is on her forehead and the power surges through her and she goes she goes like falling back and when she wakes up she remembers nothing but she's back to who she was and she's saying thank you for this you know opportunity and she's all smiles and giggles but she does not remember him or the time they spent together. And a few years later, he finds her again with someone else still happy and smiling. And it is probably for me, I mean, there are many stories that pretty much go along the lines like this, but this was probably my favorite. And this was the one that came in the very first season. And it's just a heart-wrenching story. And it it shows you even more to how messed up this family is. Like, although they're powerful, although they have these cool, neat tricks and they're all influencers in different areas of life. <laughs> influencers, they are YouTubers. <laughs> <laughs> in, in different areas of life, they just, like, the family is so toxic and Akito is the lead. They lead everything they decide everything and it's like in some cases it's for the best of the family and other cases they're just being selfish and wanting to keep everyone tightly knitted in this little globe of theirs and it's so bad and um Akito is actually very close to Yuki and it's part of the reason why Yuki left because he felt that he just could not live up to what Akito wanted and he even has moments of fear being in the presence of Akito because of how powerful this member of the family is and um there's so much that goes on and even Toru he um Toru even has moments where the funny thing is um Akito allowed Toru to stay because obviously Shigure had to go to them about Toru staying and knowing the secret. And Akito allowed her to stay. But fast forward towards the end of the anime, spoiler alert, um, she ends up meeting Akito and they throw a fit at her, literally grabbing her hair and saying, you know, you can never be good enough. You don't know any of us. You don't know this family. And a real just like tantrum. Um, but Toru stops and she understands. She just understands God. Like she literally levels with them. And they're just like, what the hell is this girl? But she's just being herself. And it's moments like that where you're just like, look at this well-rounded character. Look at Toru able to like, face up to God and be like, no, I do know these people. 
They are my family and I'm in love with one of them. So how can you deny that? How can you take that from me? So it's one of the many, many moments that Toru is just able to level with people so quickly. And it's so beautiful how she does it too. Um, But I did mention that there is a movie coming out and um, how you won't be watching it. I won't. I (laughs) I might be watching it, but honestly, I won't. So I'll watch it with you if it helps. Uh, you might need to bring some tissues. So maybe we shouldn't watch it. <laughs> right. Because if you don't want to see me ugly cry cold, then you just leave me be. Okay. <laughs> so the movie is coming out. And from what I heard, it's actually going to tell the story of how Kyoko and um, Toru's father met, um, which I'm excited about. But what people don't realize is that. Kyoko met her husband when she was in high school and her husband was an assistant teacher. He was like 22 and she was 15. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh my God. I mean, they're cute. Um, People grow into love. And honestly, please don't mess around with 15 year olds, but that's how they, (laughs) that's how they wrote it. And, and she fell in love with him and they, moved in together and they had Toru and he was a good dad he was and he was a good husband and he saw her and understood her but you know that age gap man just it's there and here's the thing an age gap when it's like oh I'm 35 and this person is 50 it's like ah you know you got age between you but Mm -hmm. you both at the time of the conception of the relationship were of the legal consenting age. It's when that line gets a little blurry. A little bit, yeah. When it's like, oh, like, I don't Hmm. even know. I feel like anime does the stuff of like, oh, I was your babysitter when you were a kid and now we're in love because you're an adult now. And it's just, it's, listen, I don't know if the extra episode of us discussing anime topics will be out anytime soon, but if you want to hear our opinion about age in anime and Mm -hmm. the craziness that goes on, just wait for that. Because when it comes, we have a heyday about it. It's when it comes, it's gonna come in hot, and you guys better be ready because we 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 got opinions. <laughs> Speaking of coming hot, that dog guy. Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, um, and it's funny how we're doing this episode with the movie coming out too. So hopefully we get some fans coming in that kind of just want to hear what's going on and why people are going crazy about this movie. Um, and going back to you know Cole being team Keo, team cat boy um spoiler again Keo <gasps> ends up being with toru, toru is that cat Kyo. boy yes oh my god yay rat yes. boy was not the t like he's cool um, and all but like he ain't the t i mean i they definitely did a really good job of showing both sides and understanding why it was kind of difficult for toru to pick but 
Kyo just got Toru and during one of my many flippings through the clock app, I did see a scene of when Kyo realizes that he does love Toru and it is a heart-wrenching scene. And just that one scene alone confirmed that I cannot watch this anime because the I clock would start- app? <laughs> yes, the clock app. You know, it's TikTok, but it's the clock app. So- I thought you meant like the alarms. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, why the fuck was he in there? He's in my alarms because he's with me always. No, I meant I meant TikTok. So yeah, Kyo Jada entering this family. You're toxic. I'm slipping. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. I mean, Yuki still loves her, but he ends up being with someone else um, who is within the family. And she grew up with Yuki and Kyo, so it still works out fine. But in the movie, we do see um, married Kyo and Toru, um, despite all their problems. And it's it's really cute to see them, because I remember reading the manga and seeing them together and just happy and content with each other. And there's a whole thing that goes with Kyo, because he not only has the Soma curse, but he has another curse on top of that that makes him a true outcast. And I'm not going to get into that because it really is a big spoiler. And I think if you really want to watch the anime, um, the way that they explain it and the way that that hinders him is super important to the story. So I do encourage you guys to go and watch it so that you can kind of see what his other curse was. But yeah, everyone, everyone is messed up in this family. Honestly, like there is no person that is truly just okay. No one's okay. Everyone got either mommy or daddy issues in the whole thing. No one's safe. Sorry. So go yeah. watch Fruit Basket. <laughs> Please go watch Fruit Basket. It is so good. Um, like we mentioned before, there is a reboot version that is um, fresh, clean, and it does have two seasons. So they go into the manga, which I've only read. They actually animated that and got into that. Um, it got well, a movie coming out. The season one, and then it's the final season. Yeah, so season well. one is basically the exact thing, the reboot of the one made in 2001. Um, so you can watch either. Uh, what I've had a friend do is for any old fans, she's watched the uh, 2001 first season and then went to go watch the second season of the reboot. So you can totally do that. It's literally the same thing. So, and you would get everything from it. Um, if you can, maybe go watch the first episode of the one made in 01 because the art style has definitely changed, changed drastically. <laughs> Um, but it's cute, you know, it's, it's cute. So yeah, that's Fruits Basket. Um, if I missed anything or if there's anything that you wanted me to address, definitely let me know. I mean, I basically went through the synopsis, a uh, few main characters and a good uh, side story that's in it. Um, Cole watched the first episode and even Cole, who is, who literally watched uh, Witchblade at his first anime thought like he gave it a six so you gotta know that it's good fuck yeah 
like that gotta amount to something just the first episode do it for me do it for my heart let me know how you think and listen if you don't want to watch fruit baskets i already messed it up gosh dang it fruits (laughs) basket Mm-hmm. I relate to you. I understand you. And you are completely wanted and valid here in the Nerd Night community. You're going to make me sad, though. <laughs> I'm going to be a little sad. If you're wanting to watch all of Fruit Baskets in its entirety, you can watch it on Crunchyroll. They have every season on there. That is where I watch the first episode. And it is the remake. So you will get to see the nice, clean, animated version if that is what you want to see. We'd like to, of course, thank the sponsor of today's episode, which is Anchor. And if you have any suggestions for us or any recommendations, please leave them in the comments down below of this episode and give us a five-star rating. If you enjoyed this episode, we bring out new episodes of the podcast every single Tuesday. And so turn on the notifications, be ready for those Tuesday uploads that we do. And that's all. How you feeling, Cole? You feel nerdy? Uh, I mean, could be more. It's like a rom-com, Jada. <laughs> I mean, but it's anime, Cole. <laughs> it's a rom-com. <laughs> <laughs>